going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to episode 355 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk... From indie film to studio films and commercials and and everything in between. How to get them. How to. And how to try not to. It up. In our very, very humble opinion. I'm Giles Alderson. What are you going to do? I'm Tomlin. And he's feeling very rough. Right now. <laughs> oh, I've ruined it. You were great. So, uh, this week's episode, we sit down, if you haven't guessed by now, with Stray's director, Josh Greenbaum, who has made the excellent doggy R-rated comedy. He has. Stray's. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an exceptionally funny film, and uh, I think it's quite ha- funny. It's quite hard. To, it's not quite funny. It's quite hard to be, <laughs> to be funny these days, um, and and to make these kind of outrage comedies. Uh, and the laughs were very continuous, and it was uplifting and fun and and surprisingly charming. Yes, it it was. Um, it's one of those wonderful R-rated comedies that really gets to the heart of it as well. Um, and it's real using real dogs. Um, and that just must have taken so long to get right. So long. Must have had a rough time. That's good. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember the ones I, I, can't remember the ones I did in no, the pod, because we did you, the intro you've data. Did, <laughs> I did quite a few. You've done, you did so many in the pod. <laughs> so many. Even Josh was going, okay. <laughs> stop, please, stop. Yeah. It was like... Um, Hounded him down with them. Nice. Nice. What do we talk about before we do any more puns and s- switch everyone off from listening with Josh? We talked about the emotional pull of working with an R-rated animal comedy, creating an emotional yes. pull, uh, mm. collaborating with legends or Legogens, nice. Lord and Miller, who did the Lego movie and have been on the podcast before. Indeed. And we talked working with stars, animals, and how you can root for characters. We also talked about working with the cinematographer on a movie like this and how he wanted to always be moving the camera and making his moving masters Spielberg style, which again is really hard when you're working with dogs and not actors. He talks about that. He also talks about how he pitched to Universal and got this movie greenlit. Storyboarding and shots and animatics. And importantly, why you should find people who feel the same way as you. I think that goes for life as well. 
But there we go. This is Josh Greenbaum on the Filmmakers Podcast, and all that is coming up for you on this week's episode. Yeah. How are you, Dom? You all right? Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Had a bit of a bank holiday. Ooh. Um, yeah? Tell us. I'm banking on it, but... <laughs> 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 no, usual usual stuff, hiking, lots of swimming, uh, eating lots of desserts, usual sort of shenanigans. That sounds great. Bits of hard um, work, I, though, thrown in. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. I was being, well, like doing this. Um, I was uh, yeah. been pl- playing football, I've been playing with oh, the lovely. dog on the trampoline, speaking of yep. connecting it. Yep. Um, oh, lovely Riley! To yeah, which connects perfectly to this week's episode um, of the filmmakers' dog cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a lovely time at Fright Fest um, earlier. Yeah. When did I go? I went to opening night, and mm. I saw opening fright. Yes. Why don't they call it that? Opening fright. Yeah. I don't know. They're not as clever sense. as you, I don't think, Don. No. Yeah, I know it doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> and I saw Andy Edwards's brilliant film, A Punch, uh, which is really fun and well made. Yeah. And the the crowd lapped it up. It was perfect for Fright Fest. And that was fun. Yeah. It was great to see so many people I knew there as well to say hello to. It's really nice. And James Bush's film Law, which I heard was awesome. Yes, did starring Richard Brake, who has starred mm-hmm. two of my films as well. He's a wonderful man. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I actually, I actually watched him in Barbarians the other night. If you've not seen that super film super mm. film uh, huge shout out to Boland's Shoes this movie which I love is coming out on September the 15th directed by Ian Paulson Davis and uh, produced by Terry Dwyer and Dean Fisher and except by Greg Barrow as I said on Twitter the other day it's terrific nice yeah. Cool. So, Bowl and Shoes, uh, starring Timothy Spall, Liam Best, uh, Mark Lewis Jones. It features music by the pioneers of the glam rock movement of the 1970s, Mark Boland's T Rex. Uh, cinemas showing coming up, which is why you should support indie film. Uh, London, Nottingham, Shropshire, Chester, West Sussex, Yorkshire, just to name a few. And it's going to be playing at the Everyman in Muswell Hill in London from the 15th of September. I will be there. Uh, we're having a screening in the morning. Whoa. I think it's around 10 o'clock. I know. I will be there. <laughs> Where's uh, my invite? You can come along, Dom. Dom, free ticket for you, Dom, on the 10th of September. Yes. Sorry, Dom, you're coming on the 10th. We're all going on the 15th of September. <laughs> <laughs> Funny guy. Funny, Funny guy, dickhead. No, come along. 15th of September. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Buffalo Dragons' yeah. latest. They obviously Isn't made- that when you just booked tickets for um, Oppenheimer? No, that is for the... Oh, wait. wait. No, that was for the 13th. I booked it for the 13th. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to the IMAX, me and Dom, uh, and I cannot yep. wait. Seeing it on the biggest screen, the 70mm print of it, and I cannot yep. wait. Booked. It's done. Size we're going. It does. So, Bowling Shoes from the 15th. Go watch it. Support indie film. So, someone was telling me that Timothy Spall's uh, performance in that was quite a revelation. And it was it was weird. It was like a sort of a random... Uh, it was like a broad or something. And I just heard someone talking about it. I don't, I don't remember why. Right. It might have been... I don't know if it was in, like, Cannes or, or if it was somewhere else. But someone was saying about how good his performance was in it. Um, and it, was, it wasn't it was sort of an, a normal conversation or someone directly connected. So, it was quite interesting. Um, That's so really yeah, maybe maybe it is one to look out for. Well, we, we did have fun on this podcast. He's a he was a nice gentleman, Josh. He was uh, fun and friendly and, and extremely down to earth, and, and just one of those people that you know is, is like not gonna well hasn't become like famous and distant. He's just he's still one of the one of the guys or, or one of the girls if you're one of the girls. Yeah, one of those, I agree. One of those sorts. 
nice, he was nice a joy guy. to chat with. One of these that feels like he's your pal straight yeah. away. I'm like, I felt like I wanted Isn't to call he, him. Maybe, maybe he is our pal. Maybe he is. I think he is. He is our pal. He's a great guy. So let's get to him. Uh, this is Josh Greenbaum talking all about how his career started, how he got to where he got to, and how he made strays. What should they do, Dom? Exactly. Enjoy. Hello. Sorry, Hello. I'm muted. One second. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, here we go. There here we, we go. There he is. Hey. Hey. Hello, magic. mate. Magic, magic hands. <laughs> the magic of Zoom. Good to meet you. Great. Loving, loving those uh, those pop parts, Josh. A really nice backdrop you got there. Thank you. I've I've been spending the last hour just moving. Yep. You know, just being like, all right, is that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah oh. it's very well centered. Very well centered. Yep. If I really were to be honest, there's just trash all to the right and the left, just covered. It's just you know, I just piled up all the trash out yeah. of the frame. Yes. Yeah, just piled up in. <laughs> uh, I mean, by the way, it just just dawned on me that I almost am between two ferns. It just did. Ah, it just I know. Like, well, we, yeah. we can change the it's line of questioning chance. if you want. I know it's not your podcast, clearly. But... <laughs> We've got a few behind. <laughs> a few of those questions yeah. for you. Yeah. We'll save those for the end. Dogs yeah. or humans? Mean questions. Good. Mean yeah, questions. No, <laughs> filthy, filthy jokes are. are Forte, we loved it. We yes, loved the film, yeah. didn't we, Dom? Oh, we thank you. Loved it. Yeah, so I mean, much fun. Did you saw it. Yeah. It's been it's been so long since I I saw a film that was that funny. Um, and I, I was saying to Giles, it like I, you know I can remember old school and, and some of those kind of old classics. But like there was actually moments when I was like I was waiting for a reprieve from the laughter because it was it was hurting. I was laughing so much, and then then you had like Will oh, Will Ferrell being all like heartfelt and uh, yeah, like really really well done. <laughs> Oh, thank you guys. Yeah, that was the I was trying to do that balance of like, obviously, it's a comedy it has to deliver the laughs. But like, mm-hmm. I, you know, my favorite comedies are the ones that you kind of come out of and you're like, God, I wasn't really expecting to either get that emotional or be that emotionally invested in the story. Yeah. And when if if you can do both, there's always my kind of goal. Um, So it, it that's that's the dream. So it's really lovely to hear that you were balancing between and laughing and, and getting uh, emotional. So Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Well, interestingly, just like if, uh, I, I'm looking after a puppy at the moment. I have my own puppy, but she's 10. Still call her a puppy. And I'm looking after yeah. a nine month old puppy. Dom, um, literally a few days before the screen as well. He was looking after a puppy I that was, was literally yeah. just literally born. So <laughs> yeah, they're this big as well. Like, yeah, like an inch or two. Yeah. Tiny. He was holding it in his hand. This little tiny thing. Yeah. My thing that, yeah. 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 We've got a little staffy at the moment that's running around making a wonderful noise. Oh, that's amazing. crazy. Well, I may, we'll see if it happens in the background. You may, I have two dogs running yeah. around. One of whom is a, is a, a border terrier who was adopted from strays. Oh, who played wow. the puppy version of, of Reggie. Will <gasps> Ferrell's character oh, yeah, in the, in the film. If you remember in the, yeah, in the, in the cardboard up. box yes. in the first yeah. like one minute oh, of the like, film. That one. That yes. is yeah. that, that dog is now uh, yep. is now living with me, and it's my family's dog. Are you? Are you oh. his name is Red. Hopefully, not training him to, to attack anyone's no, balls. No, I'm not training him to do to do any sort of <laughs> bite any fighting, dicks off. Uh, or humping or any of the inappropriate things that are in our film. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna stick with it's like so sit, good. stay. You know, that's how's the couch bearing? Yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I do have to keep an eye on that couch. Yes, you know? exactly. This is, it's, yeah. I mean, isn't it, yeah, that all that dry humping stuff is just absolutely. It was so funny. It just went on, and, and mm. we just, we just, like, say, we howled, howling, oh, okay. um, howling, howling. Yeah. Again, these are references. When you see the movie, uh, dear listener, that yes, you will totally get. It's fantastic. You know, if you like mm. Ted, oh, if you like old you school, you like any of those kind of movies, you're gonna mm. love this movie. It's hilarious, and it's a reprieve from all the issues and dramas that are going on at the moment in your life it's something you should really seek out and watch it's fantastic so well done josh well done thank you guys pleasure so where did this come from obviously you know i'm quite a big fan of barber and style go to vista del mar anyway so i'd sort of you're on my radar and stuff so when the strays came i saw that i was like wow okay that's a different turn okay talking dogs here we go how did it how did it come about talk us through that that whole process because you're also a producer yeah yeah, it's funny, you know, um, you know, I think you're always like, you're always the, the last film you make probably informs whatever you want to do next. And if it, you want to do something similar or different, and I, I had such a fun experience making Barb and Stargo to Vista del Mar for many reasons, obviously, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo. And it was, it's a very absurd film, you know, if you've been able to see yeah, it really yes. fun and lovely and absurd. And people have described it as like a Muppet movie, but with humans, which I love that description. <laughs> That's a great description. Um, and so, yeah, I think I just, I've always been drawn to like trying to either feel like I'm doing something very different. And I think I'm sure all artists and filmmakers feel this way. I really want to be the first to do something. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that is. I think it just feels ex- creatively exciting to be like, oh, this space feels uh, untouched. And in, in, in defense, it's not right. We've obviously had talk dog movies and talking dog movies, but to do them from an adult perspective mm-hmm. and a what if dogs actually talk like we do, which I tend to think they probably do. I don't know why they wouldn't. Why would they only speak in sort of G rated terms? It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was just at, at the outset exciting to be like, oh, this is an opportunity to do something new. It's it's funny. Uh, right after Barb and Star had a, a long interview with um, Guillermo del Toro, who was awesome and was a big fan of Barb and Star. And, and I had ran into him a little bit later and he said, so what are you doing next, Josh? And I described strays and he literally just goes, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect and, sense. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't totally know exactly what he meant, but it just like, it clicked for him. He's like, yeah, that makes sense that you're now going to go make an R-rated talking dog movie. Um, but no, the genesis of the project starts, you know, started with our wonderful writer, Dan Peralt. He right. wrote this, this script that I came across my desk and, um, I remember I was sent a bunch of screen, scripts that weekend to read from my my agents, and one of you know you get the log line, the one line you know dog line description of what it's about. <laughs> yeah, the dog line. Thank you, nice Dom. Very good, very good. Very good. Are we, are we going to be keeping a score of like pet puns during this? Because I'm worried that Dom's going to really run away with this. Dom will win. win. Dom will win. win. It's an ongoing podcast joke. I feel like he yeah. has like a yeah. list written on his hand. He's just ready. It's written yeah. on his paw. That's how yeah. much he's written. Yeah. He's right. turned his get, hand Kyle's into a get rough. One to one. He won't pause. Two to one. He'll just keep I'm doing. I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry, listener. This is going to be a tough 45. <laughs> they, minutes. they already know what they're going to get. I should have said a rough 45 minutes, but they know, just, Josh. Yeah, yeah. They know. Um, <laughs> they're just barking up the wrong tree. If they hey, don't, Josh is winning. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> anyway, I completely forgot what I was talking about. Uh, the oh, script, you were talking about Dan. Yeah, Dan yeah. Peralt. Yeah, we got, we got sidetracked with the, the dog and pony show. <laughs> We did. Hey! <laughs> Don't stop it, sorry, please. Sorry, I'm stopping, oh my I'm god! <laughs> Look at him. He's so excited. He's got there's a 
twinkle in both eyes. Um, <laughs> so, so I get a lot, I get log lines for all the scripts I'm supposed to read that weekend. And this one comes across and literally says about a sweet, naive dog named Reggie who was abandoned by his owner who wants to get revenge by biting his owner's dick off. <laughs> and that was accompanied with an animated gif of, or gif of, yeah. you know, a small dog humping a larger dog. And that immediately sprung the top of my reading list. Like, okay, I need to read this. <laughs> yeah, um, but to be honest, I kind of went into it thinking, okay, I know what this is. It's going to be a dog spoof movie. It's going to be not another, not another dog movie, Yeah, which was, yeah. which was sort of like, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued, but I don't think I'm going to run at that. That's not really my genre. I'm not like, and I love satire and spoof, but so once I read it and I discovered that, yeah, we obviously hit on some of the fun tropes and there's some great jokes that you want in this type of movie. I was so pleased and surprised that it was really rather emotional and that mm, it had depth yeah. and there was character and and ultimately a total universality of the story. I mean, when when I finally got on board and then talked to Dan, it, you know, we talked a lot about how actually it was born partially out of this idea of toxic relationships, right? And and something we can all relate to of like when you're in a relationship that's not, you know, equal and, you know, you're giving everything and they're not giving you anything, how you get out of that and how your friends can help you through that. And then how you find your own sense of self-worth, all of these kind of deeper, bigger emotional themes and human themes kind of hidden inside of this very funny, loud, R-rated talking dog movie. So that's when I kind of hooked in and I was like, okay, I, I get this. I love this. I weirdly, like, of course, the genre of super bad and 40-year-old virgin and all of that, I'm such mm -hmm. a massive fan of. Mm -hmm. But I also had shades of when I was reading it of like Stand By Me. and uh, Yeah, I saw, I saw that on the, the train track reference. Definitely got that. The yeah. train tracks and yeah. just the kind of general. And another film I, I love, I don't know if you've ever seen, called Breaking Away. But these kind of, um, if you haven't, put it on your list. Mm, it's, a, okay. it's a wonderful film. Um, but it's they're, they're, they're both, I mean, all of these, but the, the kind of power of finding your pack, of course, to use a, a dog term, but like, you know, mm -hmm. the power of like friendship and having support and, and what that can do um, for you and your sense of sort of self-worth and self-esteem and, and help you through life, which is really hard. So anyway, all of that to say, I, I was, you know, that's when I hooked in. And then that was years ago. You know, we then had to, we worked on the script. We had to figure out the budget and how to do it with dogs and casting the voices and all of the other stuff I'm sure we'll mm -hmm. talk about. But that was the very, very early, early start of it all. Interesting. And wow. how did you, how did you yeah. end up with the cast that you ended up with? Because they, I mean, they really do make such a big in, you know, big difference to it. Like Will Ferrell is, I mean, a lot of people think he's a funny guy and he is a very funny guy, but he brings so much heart to it and it's, it's almost he does. unexpected, but he, he does have those acting chops. Um, and Jamie Foxx is Absolutely. amazing. Isla Fisher's always hilarious. Like, how, how did you end up with yeah, such yeah. an exceptional, like, tight knit sort of cast on this? Well, yeah, the cast was. I mean, look, I was so blessed to get the cast that we got. Um, mm. uh, we sent the script into Will. I had a relationship with Will wow. from he was a producer on Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Mm. Um, you know, we kind of knew each other and really liked each other. And I think he also, you know, he just really responded to the material. Uh, and a big shout out to one of his sons. He has three wonderful sons. I think he was driving in the car and pitched this idea of this movie to his 13-year-old son, yeah. Axel, and said, hey, Axel, would you would you watch a movie where I play a sweet little dog whose <laughs> owner is mean and, and I go bite his dick off? And his son was like, a thousand percent, yes, dad. Please go make that movie. So Dude, big shout out like a good to kid. Axel. <laughs> 
Axel Farrell, great kid, great, <laughs> great kid. kid. I'm going to give him a big hug at the at the premiere when I can see him next. But no, it was incredible. And, you know, I think um, once we got Will on board and Jamie, you know, who's just the most talented man mm-hmm. in the world. I mean, there's nothing that I can't do from obviously his incredible dramatic chops. But you forget that he had a background in comedy and stand up comedy and living mm-hmm. color like that was oh, his bread and butter earlier. Folks, and you yeah. realize, oh, right. He's super funny. And he can sing and he can dance. He can do everything. And so he, you know, he blew me away every day. But what was so fun was I think Jamie was so excited to work with Will that they had never worked together, mm. which, again, you kind of have these things in in movies and in Hollywood. You kind of assume, oh, people, they must have worked on something together. They had never done it. So one of the things I said to the both of them when we started making the film was I would really love uh, and really urge you to both come in to the sessions together. Because most yeah. of the time in animation, and I know you've talked to, you know, Jeff Rowe on, on mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was great. And, you know, that yeah. whole process, um, they generally are by themselves, yeah. you know, and they're usually delivering their lines and they act maybe opposite the director who is, you know, not a professional actor. Mm-hmm. So I said, if the more you can come in, the better. And they did all their sessions together. And I think you can feel that, I yes. hope, in the film, you know, where it, there's just this sort of organic chemistry. I, I said don't worry about overlapping lines with each other, which is a note they're often given. It's like, oh, don't step on each other's lines because it makes the animation difficult. Mm, yeah. No, I was like, no, just just do whatever you want. No, don't hold back. Improvise. Because I wanted to get that kind of traditional improvised R-rated comedy feel. Because I'm like, oh, I've never seen that on dogs. Like, usually when there's dog jokes, they're like, set up punchline, mm. set up punchline, as opposed to the kind of mumbled under your breath Mm-hmm. sort of subtle joke yeah. or the little natural little yeah. and i wanted as much of that as possible so anyway they came together and then isla fisher and randall park are just um, incredible you know isla like you said just whip smart mm. so funny um brought so much to that character and and randall who i had worked with before and was always looking for an opportunity to work with him again uh we had done he, he had a <clears throat> tv show here in the states called fresh off yes. the boat that he was one of the leads of and i used to yeah, direct some episodes of, that. episodes of that yeah yeah i've done some tv and i you know i, I like tv sometimes because that, that's a perfect example of like i formed a relationship i watched randall's like this guy's really funny mm-hmm. obviously the rest of hollywood has discovered that over the last few years because he's in everything mm-hmm. as he should be and um but that was really fun and then of course you know the the kicker those are our main voices but the mm-hmm. the maybe the most difficult role to pull off in my opinion is what will yeah. forte does yeah. Uh, in that he has to play this villain in our film of, as you guys know, of of the sort of mean owner mm. who, you know, who who dumps this dog and Reggie wants to go and enact his revenge on. And that was a that was an interesting challenge, right, to play that that character, which we can get into. But I don't know. I'm talking a lot. So yeah, no, 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 you're, you're hand, fantastic. Get the it. mic back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Well, it's, well, on that, because you're right, it's so hard to get someone to play opposite a talking dog. In that sense, mm. even though they're not in it as much as the dogs, it was just it, his forte. Oh God, <laughs> doesn't count. Was not a dog. Yes, was not a dog. Wasn't mom. a dog reference. Doesn't yeah. count. Dom is pretty much on heat right now. <laughs> One for me. <laughs> but 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 onto Will Forte, like his, it was just great because he was on the right balance of he knew what film he was in. You know, it's right on the edge of R-rated filth and fun. But at the same time, he came across as an arsehole. We wanted him mm. to get his dick bitten yeah. off. You know what I mean? But yet. We also yeah. understood in some weird way. It worked. He did yes. it brilliantly. So you directed him fantastically to get that performance. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. And he deserves all the credit. I mean, he, you know, our very, very first call when, when, you know, 
we started speaking about the film and about the role of Doug and he was on board and we had never worked together and had always wanted to. And he kind of said to me, essentially, I think I have to play him pretty mean, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I said, yeah, I think so, Will. I think for this film, which is anchored on this plot of a pretty mean asshole of a, of an owner, you know, dumping his dog and then the dog wanted to get revenge. Like if you don't want that to happen as an audience, cause you're like, no, nah, he's not that bad. Then the whole film falls mm -hmm. apart. Uh, there, there's no foundation. And so, you know, he knew that right away and, and kudos to him too, because that's a role that, you know, can be tricky you know, to recover yeah. from. So, yeah. Where audiences might go, Oh, I don't like him anymore. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, we, let's all admit yeah. that we kind of, we, when people play villains, mm -hmm. And then you see them in real life. You're like, I think I don't like them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no, they're a really good they're actor. Good Stop. actors. Yeah, um, no. yeah. So, so he knew it. And um, what we did a lot on set as well is, you know, I said, look, let's make sure we get levels. So, mm. in any given scene, I we would do performances that were, you know, from let's call it a seven up to a ten, or you know, we turn these to eleven. To eleven, uh, yes. you know. So just so we kind of were able to calibrate his performance even afterwards. Not that he didn't. I think he on set knew exactly the right thing. But I knew. Oh, let me just have those options in case we put this in front of an audience and either it's too much and people are pulling back and saying, Oh, I can't watch this mm. or it's too soft. And it's like, no, I don't really, mm. I'm not really threatened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we, you know, he, he found that balance. We found it together and um, it's great to hear that it, that sort of landed for you guys as well. And I suppose it's also that yeah. relationship with Will Ferrell because he, he plays such an innocent, sweet little, little dog character. That's, that's so yeah. naive that it, that kind of makes it even worse. You know, his, his performance against yes. that as well. So it's it. The absolutely, you're right. Way. I mean, there's that's right. There's there's almost less lifting you have to do when, yeah, the character you're playing opposite is is so sweet. I mean, it it was an interesting process for me because one of the things I I think about a lot as a, as a director and and I think it goes all the way back to screenwriting is you know you work hard to sort of make sure that your protagonist early on in the film is someone your audience can either get behind or identify with or root for whatever it is you want. So it's not always root for, but often is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's an entire screenwriting book series called Save the Cat. And like the whole yeah. title oh, yeah. of that series yeah. is, hey, yeah. have your protagonist save a cat yeah. out of a tree. And then and I found that within three seconds of having an unbelievably adorable, you know, 15 pound border terrier mutt, you know, people are just like, I love that dog. I love that character. So like th that job was done. So that was sort of interesting. But I think to your question, it does in some ways also help in terms of how much we had to turn Will Forte up or down because he's playing opposite something so innocent and pure and sweet. So. Mm. So how did you do that then? I mean, I, I want to jump back in a bit as well about yeah. how you actually got to that stage where you're you're on set with a dog and Will mm. Forte. But sure. while we're talking about that, how how did you play those scenes? Was Will Ferrell there? Had you recorded the voices before or after? You know, in the room when you're filming it on set, do you have Will yeah. Forte and a dog? Talk yeah, us through so, that. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, first first of all, the sort of rules of our film, right, which were interesting because the bulk of the film, unlike a lot of, I guess, other do talking dog movies, it's 90% of it is just dogs. It's four dogs <laughs> in the scene. You know, just there's dogs. not a lot of humans. Obviously, Doug yep. shows up early and late in the film. Um, so there's that. So, you know, on set, we were mostly just dealing with very quiet sets with trainers going, okay, and sit. 
and stay. And, and that's all that's happening on set. And I can see the movie in my head and hear the movie in my head. But, you know, and occasionally I, I did have the full scratch track audio of the like a table read of the script mm-hmm. that I had. But I was thinking, oh, I'll play it for the crew every day before the scene. I just wound up acting out the scenes with stuffed animals so they could see the blocking. Mm-hmm. And see. that's kind yeah. of how I communicated what we were about to shoot, what the scene was about. And then, you know, it was a very sort of odd experience on set. Lovely and quiet, but not, the, you know, not the movie because you're just shooting dogs yeah. looking. And mm-hmm. but my trainers and I got very dialed in. So I knew that I needed Reggie to sort of lower his head and get sad when he's saying this line. And so there were performance notes I knew I needed in a long 30 second push in. Mm-hmm. I needed to dog to not break its attention. So there was all of that. But in terms of the Will Forte side of things, the rules of our film in a way were Will, Will Forte never heard uh, Reggie, right? Oh. He hears barking. Yeah. Um, cool. That's all yeah. he hears. So in a way, yeah. that dynamic didn't have to. We didn't need the back and forth there because Will Forte is just acting. He's just annoyed. The dog, yeah, he's just my who's annoyed. Who's annoyed? And you know, yeah. There's a moment in the film, boy, the by the end that you, you probably recall, where you know Reggie gives a bit of a heartfelt and, and longish speech to Doug. Yes. And you know, and you kind of you're in it, you're in it, you're in it, and then we sort of pop out, and you realize he's just gone. <laughs> yeah so so that was kind of a, the the unique part of of will forte's performance is he's you know just a reminder that he's he's acting opposite a very annoying dog in hers in his mind the dogs did have a real like i mean it was a surprising range like some of the emotions that their their faces managed to you know capture in some of these sort of emotional scenes were, were really surprising I, i've never seen dogs like go go through that did you was there anything where you had to sort of use use CGI to capture something that you you couldn't get on on set or, or did you manage to get everything you needed through through the dog trainers? Yeah, it's a great question. It was a huge part of the uh, of the process of making the film. I mean, I feel like the uh, I, the intro of your your podcast, I think don't you say something about how not to fuck it up, yeah. right? It's like yes. Yes, exactly right? Like that. that's yeah. like the director's job yeah. of how not to fuck it up. Yeah. It's like yeah. so that's a question yeah. I ask myself all the time when making a film and I and I mean that in, genuinely. It's like yeah. I actually actively seek out what are the things that could make this fall apart mm. and let's like shine a lantern on them, run right at them, figure out how to address them. And one of those for me was exactly the question you're getting at, which is I wanted the most organic performances I could get. I wanted the dogs to feel fully real. And so I set out making the film by my goal was to use dogs, real dogs and their performances in 95% of the movie as much as I possibly could. Um, but the challenge there is, well, there's times when dogs just don't deliver on set. Yeah. They're just they're not getting it. There's yeah. also times, by the way, when, and these were easier answers, when it's, if the dog was ever in any type of remote safety issue, it's mm. like, well, we're never doing that. So, so, you know, there's a sequence, you know, involving an eagle, like that's all CG, right? We don't, we don't even bother <laughs> attempting to do anything with real dogs in any of or that. Or real eagles. Yeah. But good. I'm yeah. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was a big part of it. And then, but then the, uh, the flip side of that is, okay. I want to I want to try to not overly anthropomorphize the dogs. I want I, the reason I wanted all that by the way was the more the dogs felt real, I always felt like the funnier the film would be. Mm. Like mm. the the less you're getting pulled out and knowing that it was going to adult audiences, I 
we're just more critical, right? Kids, like you, you make a dog's eyebrows move around and, you know, do all these funny kind of cartoony things. Kids just go with it. Adults, for me, at least I pull out, I pull back. I'm just like, well, well, that was weird. I was in it. I felt like they were real dogs. And now you've kind of like pulled me out of the movie. Mm. So the, the way I was back to the not fucking it up is like, well, I don't, will I get enough out of the dogs? you know naturally and if i don't how can i you know use cg to help convey that and i guess so that was always the question and the push and pull between all of it and and i can say both huge kudos to our animal training team which i'll talk about and then also a a huge kudos to our vfx team when we needed them but Mm -hmm. the bulk of like the really really emotional stuff in the film i will say is from the animal trainers Mm -hmm. they you know that they they th- th- to give an example they probably trained seven or eight different styles of walking okay wow, wow. so that sounds crazy to you right it's like oh yeah there should yeah. be walk and run and that's it well if you think about a human being and you watch me walk and i mm-hmm. i got my head down yep. like you can tell my fours. whole emotional state yeah yeah <laughs> if i'm on all fours good job yes you know your you know, emotional you tell yeah i'm feeling like a dog that day yeah you're um, fucking it up right <laughs> i'm fucking it up exactly but you know so the body language of of a walk can tell you so much yeah. and so they were trained different styles of head down head up a, a, a happy trot a kind of trepidatious walk uh you know hesitation all that stuff that is really, really nuanced. And I was just blown away with the performance that our, our training team led by Mark Forbes, who's sort of done every, if you've seen any animal movie in the last couple of decades, he and his incredible team have been, have been behind it. Um, so that was, that was incredible. And then when I needed it, yes, I would occasionally, of course we needed the c- CG to make them talk because yeah. yes, we were unable to get yeah. them to talk. This is a shame because them- you know, they have 10 we'll years, train, 10 one, years one day we'll training get this. One, one day we'll have to. Yeah, one it. day. One yes. day those guys will get <laughs> So, So then, yeah, occasionally you would manipulate the eyebrows or you mip- manipulate certain things. But I, I tried to keep that to a minimum to mm. just when it re- you really, really needed it. Um, so, for example, when you're confused as a dog, mm. you don't go like this. You tilt your head. You cock yeah. your head sideways. Yeah. So it was like, and we all know yeah. that. Mm. So it's like, how can I, you know, how can we lean into those types of behaviors? Does that mean that you were tiny? the like the dialogue yeah. like you were speaking it's because obviously and you're thinking well i could cut to a single there this is a two shot yeah. or a four shot four dogs yes four shot and yeah. now i know i can punch in but yeah <laughs> but, but now you've got a I, I must have been mad in your head to try and say all the lines of these dogs and then yeah. think about your edit at the same time as yes. the movement and the choreography yes. in there there's so much choreography you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> last one. No, it's not Dom. Let's be honest. It's not going to be it's the last not, one. Dom's not we all know. <laughs> He's got one up his sleeve. The joy. I don't know if your if your podcast is. I mean, I, I know there's a visual component, but for those who are only listening, the joy on Dom's face for the past like twenty minutes is really it's it's really something. Like his smile has not gone away. Unbelievable. He's just, just, just like the movie. Puns. Just like the movie. Yeah. Just like the movie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Way to bring it back. To answer your question, Jeff, it's yeah. like, yes, absolutely. I mean, so part of part of the 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 challenge I set out for myself with the film was I really wanted to try to have interesting shots. Like I mm-hmm. I'm a fan of comedy, but I often feel that comedies don't always utilize camera and all the mm-hmm. other tools that we have in our belt in filmmaking, mm-hmm. which I get. It's like if it's an emphasis emphasis on writing and performance, that can be enough oftentimes. But there are more more tools in our in our arsenal of 
you know, camera movement, blocking, placing, you know, music, et cetera, all lighting, all the different things that we do as filmmakers. Um, so I very much wanted to try to create interesting moving masters, which then makes my job a thousand times harder, right? Mm -hmm. It's what I learned early on is you can have a dog walk into a room, pick up a ball, jump up on a table, spin around, drop the ball, bark pretty quickly. Like the trainers can do that. But now for my film, I wanted to have that with a, a camera moving mm -hmm. with a second dog in the background who lays down at this moment. Mm -hmm. A third dog enters into frame at this moment. And the fourth has to like pop up into frame at the very last thing all timed. And that's where the film got really, really difficult. Mm. Really I difficult. Imagine. I, can't, um, I literally can't imagine, um, actually. Yeah, I, there must have been some tough days. There were very tough days. And I think, you know, probably... Um, I think we have some crew t-shirts that's, you know, our t-shirts said things like still rolling, you know, cause I just, I wouldn't cut the camera because, yeah, just and case. also our, our slates, we certainly, I'm sure the average slate, right. Of how many takes did we get to? It's like, I'm sure our average was in the like mid teens, mm. which is not what you normally do. You normally, yeah. it's like, okay, I like to do three takes and once we got it, move on, we got to mm -hmm. move on. But we baked that into the process. I knew that would happen. And I knew you know, the, the longer you rolled, the more opportunity. And then, of course, my editor, my editors did an incredible job of then combing through the footage and finding those great moments that maybe were in between takes. Mm -hmm. The dog just happened to look off and get a yes. good reaction because uh, something happened in the woods at that moment. And there's a wonderful moment you guys might remember where uh, Bug, uh, played voiced by Jamie Foxx, is, is upset. He's walking through the woods. He's yeah. He's talking about how he's not lonely, yeah. you know, he's mm -hmm. not scared. He scared and yeah. and a little leaf happened to fall down oh, from yeah. a tree right next. <laughs> yeah. Dog went, dog jumped, got totally spooked by the little leaf, which was so funny. So we wrote the script to that. Then we said, like, ah, fuck you, leaf. You know, like yeah. he, Jamie did a whole <laughs> funny improv improv about how he's like not scared of shit. He's like, Well, oh, fuck you, leaf. Mm. And so there so there was a lot of moments like that where you, you know, you kind of go back and you comb through the footage. And similarly, I think to your to your question, Giles, I also, yes, there were moments when I knew I wanted, like if I was thinking of directing humans, like I want a 30 second mm -hmm. slow push in mm -hmm. on this moment. And I know that the performance and the line needs to do this, then this, then this. And so we would do long takes of that. And again, such huge kudos to obviously our camera operators, but really to our trainers who were able to kind of get the right performance and timing out of the dogs. It was it it it's definitely a lesson of uh, uh, exercise in patience though i think for anybody and my 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 parents came and visited set one day and i don't know that they've ever been on any of my sets and i think they were like so this is what you do Josh? Like, like i'm trying to get a dog to jump over a fence while another one's digging under the fence and they were like huh this is this is not what we thought like, movie they went they were, i only came to see the Dog bite the dick. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is why I'm here, Josh. I, I think they why? might have said, where is Will Ferrell? Probably yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. He's not Will Ferrell. And he did it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Jumping back a little bit then. So, look, we're, we're huge fans of Lord and Miller. You know, they were yeah. in Turtles movie as well recently. And then, obviously, doing this as well. What was the involvement? Like you say, you got the script. You were massive fan of it but there to go from there to going right we're going to make this is a very different yeah. beast mm. and obviously getting will on board would have helped massively but just talk us through that process of getting a film like this actually made green lit yeah yes yeah, absolutely and i have a pretty interesting fact about that which i'll jump to which is that we this mo- universal who has been an incredible partner in in the whole thing and, and putting putting the film out there and green lighting it they actually green lit this film before we had any cast on board. Wow. wow. So, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. I, we went out to Atlanta, started filming. Mm, yeah. No Will Ferrell, no Jamie Foxx, none of our voices. I think we were it. just started talking to Will Forte, which I think is a huge kudos to them that they sort of, you know, believed in the creative team, the mm-hmm. idea, the script, the the whole team, and knew that, of course, we'll get great voice cast, but sure. but you never, you never know and all those sort of p- variables. But to back up a little bit, yeah, so we have the script. Um, yeah, rep- talking about Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, two of our main producers on the film, along mm-hmm. with Eric Feig, companies called Picture Start, mm-hmm. and Aditya Sood, who is uh, is Phil and Chris's uh, producing partner as well. You know, they were just such. You know, they're so incredible. I'm huge fans of all their mm-hmm. films, both as directors and as producers, and and we very much share a similar sensibility in that. You know, a couple things, but primarily we when we get together and we talk about the film, we're talking 90 percent of the time about the emotional center of it, the drama, the the kind of emotional core. And yes, we love to write jokes and talk about jokes, but actually that's very that's the icing on the cake. We're mostly kind of talking about the structure and the story and why are you invested in in pace and all the other things that sort of make a film work, even if it is a a loud R-rated comedy. So we we very quickly kind of realize, oh, we're very kindred spirits in that way but we still had to get a studio on board so what what we decided to do is i i kind of put together a i want to say it was about 15 minute video pitch um you know the studio had the script they we had the team on board but i put together a a pitch that sort of really outlined my vision for the film and how i saw it and some of the stuff we've talked about today Mm -hmm. um references and how i'm approaching it and my you know, and how to think of it. You know, one of the things I said right away was, A, it's not a spoof movie. Let's make that clear. Yep. You know, and B, it's not a dog movie, you mm-hmm. know, which, you know, might be like, well, what are you talking about? It's not yeah. a dog movie. It's like, well, I'm just trying to approach it. You know, Toy Story wasn't a movie about toys. No. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. whatever. Yeah. So yeah. you think about it in that way. And it was like trying to reframe and, and kind of explain my vision. So that was a huge first step. We put together a 15 minute video. I had clips and references and kind of explaining my vision for the film. And I think that was a big part of, you know, if not the kind of main thing while we were certainly budgeting the, the, the script to getting the green light. And then we, you know, we got the green light. We were trying to figure out where to go. Originally, we were maybe going to go to Vancouver, but then it got too late in the year where we knew we were going to run into a ton of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's a 90%, if not more, uh, outdoor film shoot, yeah. right? Yep. You're, we're just yeah. 
were in the elements and we didn't have a lot of cover sets, which I'm sure most of your audience know, but if not, that's where you go. If it rains, you, mm-hmm. you kind of want to have a backup plan. And so we ultimately uh, moved out to Atlanta and, uh, and started shooting in Atlanta. We, we acquired the dogs, which was its own process. Like I mentioned, I, I wanted certain breeds just because of the visuals. And I think the storytelling and this and that, and that was tricky because as I already told you that that meant several of our dogs were going to be not trained at all. Mm. You know, we, we, when you, Mm. you know, you can certainly acquire puppies fairly easily, but we needed, we needed adult dogs. And so we wound up going to shelters. We rescued the the bulk of our dogs. Um, We did source some dogs from other places in the smaller roles that did have acting and all that. So that was part of it. They started training in LA, but only a couple months before the film, we head out to Atlanta. Uh, We're in prep. I storyboarded a ton of the film. So that was a big right. part of the process for many reasons. But one was I knew that that would be a very quick way uh, to be able to show all my departments, to show my camera department, my, you know, my operators, all of that, like in my production design, all of them. Like, here's what I want it to look like. Here's the blocking. Because otherwise it's very you're on set and you're just like, what are we doing? Yeah. What scene is this? What mm-hmm. shot is this? It's just yeah. a dog standing there. So <laughs> the storyboards helped a ton. Um we even built some animatics, which I'm a big fan of. And of course, on the day, I'm always ready to to throw things out. You know, one of my mm-hmm. my my big things as a director, I, I think years ago, somebody asked me, what makes a good director? And I thought about it and I kind of came back to this idea of like strong ideas loosely held, right? You've mm-hmm. got to, you have a strong vision, a strong take, but so you're ready and you have a plan for the day, but you also have to not hold on to them so tightly that you don't let new good ideas come in mm-hmm. um, or being able to pivot when things don't go right and all of that. So in that sense, you know, we had a whole game plan, but on any given day, depending on what the dogs were doing or what we needed out of it. Um, and the same happened when we did voiceover work. It's like, here's the script, but absolutely encourage Jamie and Will and Isla and Randall to improvise. And uh, like we talked about earlier, so so that's kind of the, I guess, a, a short version of getting up to production. And then, you know, and that we've talked a bit about production. So. Amazing. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating. You touched on it like a little bit ago, um, but about how important it is to care about the characters and, and the story structure. Because I, I find like a lot of the films that aren't actually funny, it's because the characters feel very one dimensional and it feels like the jokes are just sort of flung out of, of, of thin air. And you're also in the back of your mind, yeah. you're thinking, well, what are they actually doing? Like where, what, you know, what's the motivation? Why do, why do we care about them? Everything they're doing yeah. uh, from their bonding to their, you know, getting to know each other, it's all sort of feeding towards this central goal. So it's, you know, it's a big, big tip for anyone trying to do comedy is to like really do what you've done. I think so. And, and I'm, I'm absolutely not the first to do it, you know, and I think, mm. You go back and it's always a good question to be, you know, I grew up on sort of John Hughes films, which I think were early, like they were kind of very honest um, looks, right? And character based, uh, a lot of his comedies. And then I think there's been a lot since. And then Judd Apatow, I think, took that baton and kind of did that and then added kind of some R-rated modern language to it, Mm -hmm. which that's not to take anything away from he did. But that sort of, I think, reinvigorated. And, you know, I think that just philosophy of like, what, yeah, what are we really talking about? And I, I agree, Dom, that when... When you're not emotionally invested, um, you better hope that your jokes are really, really strong and frequent. So a movie like that, and by the way, it is doable, right? I think, uh, look, let's go to 
you know, your your geniuses in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, or yeah. we can go to the Zucker brothers over on our side of the pond of airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So airplane, I'm not emotionally invested in that story, but those jokes, oh, there man. are there's a joke in the foreground, there's a joke in the dialogue, there's a joke in the background, there's a joke over the sound with P, you know, the P and and they're all funny and creative and they're coming a mile a minute and that can that can work, but it's very, very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Um. So I knowing how difficult that is, I think not. It's not all of it, but I also am like, well, I know I can, I can lean into kind of the heart and the emotion and the truth of these characters. So let's bo- you know, let's try to make it be all these jokes come out of character if we can. So you mentioned about the impro and stuff after. So you've already shot the footage with the dogs, and now you're going yeah. into the studio and recording with Jamie Fox and Will Ferrell and uh, Isla Fish and Sophia Vergara, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if they're improvising. Are you again? If there's something gold in there, you've now got to yeah. try and weave that into the shots yeah. you've got, the tracking yeah. shots you've got, and yeah. the moving masters you've got. How? Because yeah. you must have pulled your hair out and gone, "That's so funny." But how do yeah. I fit it? Did was that yes. a problem, or did it just work brilliantly? Absolutely a problem. Yeah, it was a <laughs> terrible problem. Um, no, by the way, the, the, one big component we're leaving out of this process um, is. You have a there's a finite amount of time you have to make your movie and a finite amount of money. And a huge component of this film is the VFX. All the dogs have to the, the mouths have to be animated and a, mm-hmm. and a given line of dialogue has a lifespan of a few months. So mm-hmm. you've got to work backwards from that. So all that to say is my VFX department is saying, hey, Josh, you have to stop changing these lines, because if you want your film to deliver on time, you have to st- make a commitment to this joke in this line. And meanwhile, I'm out testing it, putting it in front of preview audiences, rewriting it. And this is something Phil and Chris, Lord and Miller do very well, uh, you know, which, which I, I love, but it's, they, they never put the pencils down, right? It's like, let's keep writing. Let's keep improving it because we can, it's not, it wasn't a live action production where whatever we shot is what we shot. It's like, no, we can keep rewriting. We can keep trying out new jokes and trying out new things. So that created a very difficult challenge uh, for the film and for me, which is, I remember I was actually asked prior to my first screening, right? Before I'd shown it to any audience. And I actually think it was before, maybe right around when I was about to show it, the first cut to the studio, the director's cut. I was asked to lock, I think, 300 out of the 1,500 shots, of, that means dialogues. That means I've got to commit now before anyone's seen the film to locking this plate, right? This shot, they start animating that, that line, that performance. So it became this very interesting, like, Oh shoot, I locked that line, but now I want to add this line. You know, it just was a, it's a very, very difficult process um, that it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's like the benefits of getting to keep re keep rewriting means you can keep upping it, but it's not all at once. Like if, if I could do that up to the last second, great, but I already locked half the shots and now yeah. I'm trying to rewrite a, another joke opposite something that this person said. So it became a, a very complicated puzzle. It must have done. How long did you shoot for? Was it kind of we the shoot process and then the edit process? Just if you could put that into a... Yeah, thing. our shoot, if I remember, it's been a while now, but I believe it was about 44 days. So, you know, kind of an average shoot, not... Mm-hmm. I could have used more time in the sense that, you know, the dogs, as I've we've talked about, they take a long time sometimes to get mm-hmm. the right take of the performance. Mm-hmm. I did learn in the edit sort of early on that mm-hmm. um that you can you you can use splits. And so I could basically 
you know, if this dog in this moment was doing a good job and then this dog was doing not a good job, well, I could split the screen and take, you know, mm-hmm. take this dog's performance from a later time. And, and we've been doing this. I mean, I remember George Lucas started doing this with Star Wars way back when. Yes, yes I remember. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ben Burt, who was his amazing sound designer, yeah. became his picture editor. Mm-hmm. And there's some great behind the scenes footage of when the Ben Burt, I think, says something like to the effect of when George Lucas discovered that he could split the screen and take different performances from from anywhere. It was like, oh no, Pandora's box has yes. been opened. Oh, 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 it's oh. like, yeah, anything goes. We can try anything. But that became very, very helpful, um, certainly in in editing the film. But um, yeah, it was it's, it's definitely a challenge. That's amazing. And then um, yeah. I know we we've got to let you go because this, we could talk forever about this whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, just before Dom's final question, can I? just ask really quickly dennis quaid <laughs> hilarious <Yeah>. brilliant <laughs> but yeah. we, we both turned to each other and went wow that was fantastic oh, what why yeah <laughs> thing, why is he here yeah, yeah. there's no question yeah. to it i just wanted to why see not? your reaction no, I, <laughs> yeah, why not i love it no dennis quaid is amazing <laughs> i mean he is it is a bit of a surprise cameo but it's in honesty, we've started to use him in our marketing. And so hopefully some people didn't see it in the marketing. Some people do and get surprised. It sounds like maybe you guys didn't know. Which no, we didn't know. know. We didn't know. Okay, was, good. Well, was I, I'm hoping <laughs> yeah, surprises. Um, but no, it was fantastic. I mean, there's a little bit of a wink and a nod to the fact that he's been in the dog movies. If you mm-hmm. didn't know, mm-hmm. he's he's in, you know, some of the other uh, dogs purpose kind of the, which are universal pictures and um, but he's he was game and he was great and he you know he was in Atlanta which was like this lucky bit of kismet where we said oh great you're here and we came out and shot for a day with him and weirdly enough I remember standing on set talking with him about a film that I referenced to you guys earlier called Breaking Away which is maybe his first or one of his very first roles and uh, that was a joy for me just kind of talking to him about I mean he's done so many great films over the course of his career mm-hmm. but weirdly I was talking to him about how I saw this R-rated talking dog movie in a weird way a, a, a very distant second cousin to his you know old old film Breaking Away and he totally got it and we had a really fun kind of conversation about it so amazing moments yeah uh, so yeah, yeah last last uh, last question if you could give advice to yourself um maybe struggling younger filmmaker trying to make a movie? <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. Um, I think, um, I mean, there's so many things, you know, you sort of learn as you go. And I think that's part of the joy is like, you know, don't, you know, tr- it's it certainly, however you can figure out how to trust your gut is obviously a huge one. Mm. Um, I think to some extent, I've always been kind of like, interested in stories and films that feel a little weird or different and i don't know like uh, th- this this just jumped into my head i have no idea why but like so halloween big holiday over here mm-hmm. like when i was a kid i remember i was always just an odd like i was a fire hydrant one year i was a rural mailbox like which is like you know those mailbox on a post <laughs> yeah and i can remember like friends uh it's a, a mailbox but a rural like out in the country like okay. a countryside mailbox yeah i see you okay. like open lid and my head was inside but like just kind of weird and i remember like friends being like well that's weird why aren't you spider-man <laughs> you know or like why aren't yeah. you yeah why are you mailbox, and i think man? like as i've gone through like i was yeah <laughs> yeah i was mailbox man i'm the newest superhero i deliver <laughs> your mail and uh your next and film. that's my superpower <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I but I, I guess thinking through this question, it's like I then was in film school. I was at USC 
and we have a big project where you know it's kind of your big short film that mm. everyone's you know everyone's going to watch and it'll mm. be played in front of all the professors and you can submit it to festivals and i wanted to make a film about like where your socks go when you lose one of them right and actually use like puppetry and animatronics and different techniques and of course i didn't have a lot of money but it was live action and this and that and i had a, a professor as assistant say i don't think that's a good idea josh like i think well who's laughing you should now be... <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. but it kind of it was like okay again i've i there are voices that will come into you uh when you're making stuff back to your question there will be voices that mean well like yep. that that professing yeah. assistant assistant was saying josh i think what you want to do is showcase your ability to work with actors and this and that and all these different things and i understand what what he was saying but i just was like no this is the story i'm interested in telling and i'm super proud of that little short but i think as you go through your career it's really like just constantly trying to trust your god i love input i love feedback but you always have to go back to like well what you know, and don't make, you know, when you're making your decisions, don't guess what you think other people yeah. will like. Mm. Ask yourself what you'll like yep. and trust that there are other people out there in the world that will that feel the same way. And I think that's hard to do. Um, it's hard to do at any point, but certainly maybe when you're younger and you're questioning whether or not you have good instincts. Mm. It's like just you do. You do. Yeah. Your instincts are good because they're if you're being honest, they're yours. Uh, and that's the power of it, right? If you're honest to you, that's the power. It's it's when you start questioning and trying to yeah. do what others want or think how you're going to make others like it, then it, that's when we all kind of can, I think, feel that. And you're like, oh, it's yeah. not authentic anymore. Anyway, that was a long answer, I guess, but that would be my, my bit of advice. Being authentic and being that. original is, is you know, yeah. everything you need to make something that doesn't feel manufactured and, and fake. So, and you've done an incredible yeah. job on this film of of doing that something yeah. very very funny and very heartfelt yeah yeah thank yeah. you guys well it's done a pleasure chatting with you and i i don't know where the score landed but i'm pretty sure dom won <laughs> yeah i'm pretty like sure i'll take it dom won he'll, yeah he'll take it he'll do loads in the intro as well don't worry yeah. he'll, he's the he'll, top dog yeah. he's the <laughs> top <laughs> dog he'll he'll rack him up yeah. <laughs> i only got a couple in weren't very good, ones, good. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there were there were some good ones um uh, the strays is out now go watch it it's fantastic watching yeah. some uh, have a laugh have a blast it's fantastic it really is josh greenbaum thank you so much this has been yeah. a real delight you've been fantastic guest really yeah, really, really appreciate your time yeah Same. Really good. yeah hopefully we can if i'm ever across the pond we can get a get a pint and and, and meet face to face sounds fantastic we'd absolutely we love, love yeah, that we'd love, we'd love that yeah yeah i right, take awesome. care thanks josh okay all right bye. thank you bye-bye cheers bye-bye bye-bye